deep man it's so deep it's like so... no time has passed at all i know i know it's it's rather remarkable this is jazz alternatives and my name is mitch goldman you're listening to wkcr fm new york wkcr hd1 maybe wkcr.org or maybe oh i don't know where where else it might be bouncing around but right now it's 6 uh, p.m. and a little couple of uh, shakes <laughs> on Monday, August 8th, which 2022, which has never been true before in the history of broadcasting, that it's Monday. Uh, anyway, anyway, more importantly, first time in two and a half years back in the studio live to bring you a deep focus and even better, not just a deep focus, but... A deep focus with Ben Tyree back oh, in the hot seat. I'm honored. Welcome back, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Holding my hand. Yeah, I've been bugging Mitch about this <laughs> all through COVID. That, we got to get back. That's true. That is really true. And the topic you got a big gig coming up this week, which is another sign of life coming back to our fair city. Yeah, and, uh, we're going to talk about that playing Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um. But the subject, so we've done a few of these. Uh, we're not going to assume that you take notes on every Deep Focus program. Maybe, you, maybe you're hearing us for the first time, but we did a killer show on Frank Zappa. That was the first one yep. we did, yeah. And we did a monster show on Vernon Reed. Mm-hmm. And um, Harriet Tubman Band. Yeah, we did a great one on Harriet Tubman. That was the last one. Yes, Yes. And uh, folks might be discerning a pattern there. They <laughs> might not be wrong to do that. And um, this, we're going to focus on another guitarist tonight that was top of mind for you. Yeah. And um, I think it's somebody you have a lot of history with, at least as a listener, if not more. Yeah, a little bit more. Pat Martino. Pat, Pat Martino. Martino, who passed away this past, I believe, November. Yeah, certainly since we were here last. And and once that happened, I said, you know, as soon as we can get back in, we got to do a Pat Martino episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah he was uh well, what do you want? Should we should we talk about you and Pat Martino a little bit or should we dive in and listen to some music and Uh I can, you know, bounce back. Give me I mean, Pat Martino was a a brilliant innovative jazz guitarist who uh was came up in the 60s, you know, Philly guy. Uh, started out in the the organ trio format, you know, was playing with like Don Patterson and uh, Jack McDuff and Jimmy Smith and bands with those guys, and kind of had this very 
innovative approach to jazz guitar. He was he was uh, very heavily influenced by Wes Montgomery, Charlie Christian, um, and all the all of their you know contemporaries. Um, but he he had his own thing, kind of, and it was very astounding, especially upon first listen. I can remember the first time I ever heard him was the live record. Um, it was when I was a teenager. Uh, my guitar teacher at the uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, uh, Tom Newman, played the live record on vinyl. It's played the Sunny from that, uh-huh. and everybody was just like, "What is this? This is un." And that changed my life. That changed the way I wanted to approach guitar. I mean, it was just like, "Wow, so much is is possible." It, it, it was it was a revelation, you know. Wow. And I think a lot of people have had similar experiences discovering Pat Martino. And just, you know, getting to meet him the, the couple times I did, he was an incredible human being. And, you know, we'll get to talk more about that. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to hear about that. It's funny, too, thinking about, and I'm just thinking about this for the first time as you're saying that, the time and the place where he came along yeah. was so distinctive to that moment when he was coming of age Mm -hmm. and coming of age in Philadelphia and what Mm -hmm. was going on there and how he found a place for himself in that music scene, those organ trios and everything. That must have, that that was history forming him and his music, I think. And there was a time when it was like you could work all night, every night doing that. And that was all you, you know, there was no internet. There was no, all of these distractions we have today. That's all he did. That's all those guys did. Didn't, he started really young, too. I yeah, think. he was a teenager. Um, I, you know, and he was in New York a lot, like playing in Harlem when Smalls was in Harlem. And like, you, you know, he, I remember in an interview he was saying that Philly, he just saw Philly as a suburb of New York, <laughs> you know, because it was, you know, he could get, get here in like an hour and a half. So he was here a lot playing in Harlem a lot at different clubs and uh, in Philly a lot. I figured he must have lived here at some point. He Maybe did, not. yeah. He lived He lived here. He lived on the West Coast at one time. Um, and then I think he ended up back in his childhood home. I think that was the last place he lived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he passed away, I think, in the very yeah. house he'd grown up in. Yeah, in and um, also, so many, so many remarkable things about this guy. Um start with, you know, a 60-year discography. He was not in good health. Just, I mean, I think the last maybe two years of his life, two, three years he hadn't been playing yeah. publicly. But um, the other huge story that you can't talk about Pat Martino and not think about was this remarkable... Um, yeah, so I want to get it I get it right, because I was al- always told growing up that he had had a, an aneurysm. A brain aneurysm. So, but it, but the the official uh, designation is arteriovenous malformation. He had a malformation in his brain, like a growth, that was discovered when he was thirty six. They had to remove it in like a marathon two day surgery, um, and uh, the re- the result of that was that he didn't remember who he was. I- anybody that had been in his life, he didn't remember how to play guitar. He had to start from scratch all over again. And, you know, and eventually he came, came back, what some argue would e- some argue even better than before. I mean, I have this argument with a friend of mine all the time that he thinks Pat post-surgery was, you know, better. Wow. Well, he definitely, his style evolved um, 
it's very easy to chalk that up to this complete break. I mean, like you've heard the same stories I have. He, he didn't recognize his parents. Yeah. He came out from the surgery yeah. and there was just like reformatted the hard drive. And to relearn the instrument, <laughs> tw- like he learned how to play twice. And he's, yeah. you, it always, it, he always sounded like himself. Like yeah. you can, you can, you can hear the lineage. You know, if you listen to one of his records from the eighties, nineties, two thousands, it, it's different, but you can tell it's him. Yeah, you know, his style evolves too <clears throat> mm-hmm. over time, and uh, it's interesting. We've got, you know, if you're a new listener to Deep Focus, what we do, we uh, the guest Ben Tyree in this case chooses a subject, and the challenge to me is to plunge into the WKCR archives, the vast holdings of our studios. We have been on the air since 1941 and find live unreleased recordings of this artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, the KCR archives delivered in a huge way. And we have, interestingly, we have a recording from before and we have a recording from after. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So should we jump in? Yeah. Uh, You want to start with uh, 77? Yeah, I, I think we have to. I think we must. Now, uh, should I tell the folks your your high wire act here? My high wire act <laughs> yeah. that you're hearing this for the first time. Oh yeah, well that's what I like to do. <laughs> I like to I like to hear this stuff fresh. So Ben has not heard this music, <laughs> and um, it might stink. And he's gonna I don't know. It's he might not walk gonna out. stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's. I not. guarantee you, it will not. Stink. <laughs> it will not stink. It's gonna be awesome. It will not stink. Very interesting moment. So it's March 2nd, 1977. We're at the Keystone Corner in San Francisco. And a very interesting band of youngsters playing with Pat Martino. Uh, At least a couple of whom would become very well known to New York music lovers. Delmar Brown on keyboards. Kenwood Denard on drums. A little less well known, um, although his music might not be less well known, but as a player, Mark Leonard is the bassist. Not to be confused with Mark Leonard, who played Spock's father on Star <laughs> right. Trek, right? That was Mark Leonard also, right? Oh, that's it's funny. not the same guy. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think this Mark Leonard became a studio guy and composer and was kind of off the scene not too long after this, as far as the scene being mm-hmm. guys that, or women, that you and I would know. Um, but boy, okay. Enough said. I'm going to uh, hold off on the uh, editorializing. And let's listen together. They start out with a familiar one from the pen of Pat Martino. Mm-hmm. It's joyous Lake. You're listening to Deep Focus on Pat Martino. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. My guest, Ben Tyree, here in the studio. Listening to one of the greatest <laughs> guitarists in the world. That you inspiration are. Inspiration to musicians all over the world. Would you please welcome the Pat Martino Quartet. Thank you. 
Yeah, indeed. Ooh. Uh, we're in San Francisco. It's March of 1977, and we're listening to the music of Pat Martino. And um, the show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. My guest in the studio, Ben Tyree. Ben, hey. you had never heard any of that particular recording. Probably, I'm going to guess, just about nobody, if not, in fact, nobody in the audience has heard that. Yeah. But I had the opportunity to, and I, I declined. Well, when for a very particular reason, though. I like to hear things fresh when I'm on these shows. Was so, that yeah. fresh? It was awesome. Killer. Yeah, it was great. You know, I've never heard any any uh, Pat stuff with, uh, I guess you said this was like his fusion phase or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, call, call it what you want to. Um, not one to categorize, but, you know, these are guys who I think were probably nearly complete unknowns right. at the time who did become well-known for the kind of electric jazz scene in New York over the following decades. Right. And um, I don't know, you want to... I've just, I've never heard any of his stuff with synthesizer before. I mean, I think the closest, you know, obviously piano and Fender Rhodes, but never anything like that. You know, I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, the playing is great. Everybody's playing is awesome, and Pat's playing is like off the chain. It's, yeah, he it's sounds really exciting. like he's just singing. You know, he sounds like there. It's funny the pieces we heard, Joyous Lake and Mardi Gras. Yeah, I can't think of a better word than joyous to yeah. describe that. I mean, he's just he's he's flying. I always felt like his the flow of his playing is more like dancing. You know, yeah, or like sometimes it reminds me of like skipping a rock on the surface of water or something. You know, what? All right, what? What is that? How do you do that? How do you, I? I feel it. <laughs> what do you mean? But I'm not a musician. How? What creates that sensation? Because well, I know exactly what you mean. Obviously, he has skill, facility, chops. He has a vocabulary, but it's just it's his feel, and his feel comes from him and his life and his personality. I mean, you can't. That's not something you can replicate. You know. You can try. I mean, I've sat and down and learned a bunch of his solos and, you know, when I was younger, tried to play just like him. And, you know, you can get close to it, but no, nobody can 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 copy somebody's feel, you know, and his feel is just it's so potent, you know, um, so you can like, you know, pick apart his lines and analyze them and. You know, I just I feel like his you know, he's a he was a consummate improviser and so he might not even necessarily I mean he was very analytical, I think, in his approach, for sure. Like, you know, and very technical. But um, you know, that stuff is just coming out of him There's in a, the moment. Absolutely. I, I yeah, that's how I'm hearing it. Um there's also kind of a uh rhythmic tension yeah yeah that he's making a lot yeah, he's of use of very rhythmic he's he's unbelievable he's in the pocket big time you know yeah and, and it's he, a... he he has these devices that you can find uh um all throughout his career where he'll take these like you know maybe two note or three note phrases and just play them over and over and over again like a trance like he's like building up to something and then the band kind of builds up and then you know, they it, it gets to this higher level, and then he starts playing. And it, you can really feel that. He did that all the time. I mean, that was one of the things that really uh, floored me about his, his approach, was that he could just really play with a rhythm section and build them and take them where he wanted to go, you know. There is the, the groove is 
deep. I mean, it kind of feels like, uh, well, just to catch up, I don't know if we've said since we came back who's in the band. So it's Delmar Brown on keyboards, uh, bassist named Mark Leonard, and Kenwood Denard mm-hmm. on the drums. And uh, we were saying Mark Leonard, the least well-known to those of us in New York who've been following this music for a while, but I think he went on to become a studio player mm. in California and composer. Um, a lot of pop stuff, big pop stuff from that period of time. But uh, Delmar Brown and Kenwood Denard certainly well known to people in New York. For, oh yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Delmar Brown passed away a couple of years ago. Kenwood yes. Denard still going. I think yeah. last I heard he was uh, maybe at Berkeley. I'm not sure. School. But yeah. And, um, but, um, he's, he is really, they both are, they're both Mm -hmm. driving all, the whole band is, but, um, I just want to see your response. Kenwood Denard in particular, I think is, seems like he's really pushing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's also being pushed by Pat. That's the thing. Like Pat knows how to push a rhythm section and a, a drummer for sure. Yeah. You know. And he can also... Pat also is pulling back on the beat sometimes or playing against it, it sounds uh-huh. like. Yeah, he definitely he definitely plays with plays with the rhythm for sure. Yeah. You know, he's not like he's not like metronomic in his, you know. I mean he's right there in the pocket, but like, you know, he's gonna mess with it and You said something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to thank uh one of our regular listeners, Andy Rotman, who used to be a KCR programmer, uh-huh. reminded me. That when we did the show about Vernon Reed, uh-huh. we were talking about Pat Martino a little bit. Oh, actually. were we? Yeah. Okay. And you made some reference to him having been accused of playing like a typewriter. Oh yeah, yeah. People people say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe can you? What what do you? What's your response? When? Well, you know, it's this. It's this. I think the implication is. Uh, and generally, I hear when people uh, people use that phrase when they're discussing players that copy Pat Martino, right, as being kind of mechanical. And the thing about Pat's playing is that he, he you know, he's he he, he kind of he really picks every note with with equal intensity, you know. And he does get into these sort of phrases that almost sound like in like unhuman, like like. You know, and, and I don't I don't even mean this in a pejorative sense, like to say mechanical, but like almost like like, you know, more than what a human being should be able to do. <laughs> yeah. So but when I hear people, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of guitar players over the years and I know a lot of people that don't like Pat Martino, you know, and a lot of people that love him. And um, the ones that don't use that phrase of like, oh, he just sounds like a jazz typewriter, you know, there are. People, I would describe that way. I don't certainly wouldn't think it. No, but I think you got to list, listen. You know, listen deeper because you know there is this surface kind of rhythmic, uh, you know, articulation attack uh, element to his playing. But there's so much there. There's so much there. You know. So uh, I don't know why you brought that up. I well, <laughs> I didn't have to. I didn't need to. But it's fun. No, I'm just thinking about his. Um, I mean, the, the chops are prodigious, clearly. Yeah. But another, these things float into your mind. You know how it is. And talking to you, it's interesting. Um, thinking about Andy, who he and I did a lot of programming here, students a million years ago. 
And one of our uh, fellow programmers at that time was my buddy Jack Lee, who I used to call the, the guitar czar of KCR. Okay. And he was a super, super Pat Martino fan. Yeah. And Jack, I remember listening to Pat Martino with him one time. This is a thousand years ago. It's funny things that come into your head. And I remember him just like his jaw dropping and saying, you can't even tell which are the upstrokes and which are the downstrokes with mm, the pick. Like mm-hmm. he's just so fluid. Yeah, he really, yeah. And, you know, he said he was like the only guitarist he thought of that way. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And and the tone is just so fat, the sound, yeah. you know. Was yeah. that, now, another question I always ask, and the answer is always the same, but I'm going to ask what might contribute to that tone? Was it equipment or what? Uh, well, he's, he's playing a hollow body, which, you know, can have potentially can have a fuller sound. He's probably playing uh, flat wound, heavy gauge, nickel strings, probably 12 gauge, maybe 13. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. guessing. Yeah. You know, he's probably playing through a polytone amp, maybe a Fender. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But it's it's really, you know... To me, it's just it's the hands. What what the, that's always the answer. What's in the hands? That's always the answer. You know, because you yes. can you can go out and get the same gear. I know people. Okay, <laughs> I I know I knew this guy in the D.C. area that like was obsessed with Pat Martino, and the guy could not couldn't play, and he was <laughs> he was he was frankly he was a jackass, and he got all the same gear. He got the signature model, and. Uh, it, he didn't sound like him. He found Couldn't out the hard sound way. Like him. Yeah, you can't just – yeah, it's, it doesn't even matter. Like, as I've heard play, great players play on the worst gear, and they sound great, and they sound like themselves, you know? Yep. So that, my thing is it's always the hands and your your nervous system and your heart and, you know. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I figured you'd say. Yes. <laughs> Ben Tyree is in the studio with me. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. We're listening to the music of Pat Martino. We got this really stunning live recording from San Francisco, 1977. And Ben Tyree is playing. And this is another sign. Today's a sign. This is the first live Deep Focus that I'm bringing to the folks since March of 2020. Yeah. I can't remember anything in particular that happened that month, but apparently there was some uh, disruption of the ether yeah (laughs) and um but there's another sign of life returning to the planet yeah well there's lots of signs but um, i hear one's coming around on thursday yeah i've got a gig so i've been gigging the whole time anyway but just not with my own so i am doing my first ben tyree gig since before covid at new blue 151 avenue c on thursday this big week man yeah we have the seven to ten slot we're probably going to start a little after eight and it's with my activator trio. So that's Leon Grunbaum is playing keys and Chris Edelton on drums and me on guitar. And you should, you got to come. You, you got to come. come to this. You got to come. It's going to be great. It's going to be big. We've been, we actually were rehearsing material all through COVID. Wow. Um, in fact, if you come, if you're listening to this and you come on Thursday, 
Come up to me, mention you listened. I'll give you a CD if you still listen to CDs. I have tons of I have tons of my own backstock, and I will give you a CD if you say, "Wow, hey, I listened to WKCR and it was great." Well, if this show, if Deep Focus is about anything, it's about the experience of being where the music's happening, being in the room when it's being created. Yeah, and you will not have a better chance. New Blue's a great spot. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like. The, the, the down-home place for the folks. Yeah. It's kind of become the underground. You know, it's like Blue Note. You have the Blue Note. You have venues like the Iridium and Blue Note. They're kind of like the mainstream jazz venues. But New Blue is the, the you know, because like, yeah. there's all those places like the Knitting Factory moved to Brooklyn, and it's not really a, the underground downtown scene anymore. And Tonic I, is gone. Yeah. New Blue's kind of taken a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's got a great feel in there, great sound, great uh, sight lines, actually better yeah, than yeah. those places that you mentioned. And uh, yeah, really cool vibe and place to be. Thursday night, 7 to 10, New Blue is. 151 Avenue C. It's between 9th and 10th in, in the East Village. Yeah. That's and the spot. I, that'll be Thursday the 11th. This Thursday. Oh, man, a friend of mine just texted me. He wants his CD. He's listening. <laughs> you have to yeah. actually show up. Yeah, That's you got to show up, man. I'll give you a CD. <laughs> Sorry, He's like pal. has all of them. I don't know why. Not, not you know, we're not sending it to you. It's not a download. This is you got to come get it. This is a physical <laughs> presence thing. Yeah. This is the, no, Thursday is going to be awesome. It's going to be really awesome. I'm really excited. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, listeners might remember hearing Leon on this program a couple times. Yeah. Been through. So, uh, and yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be live, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if you know about Leon's uh, Eventide uh, issue. Yes. So Leon Gruenbaum, my keyboard player in this band, has invented an instrument called the Sam Chilean Tip, 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 Cheapy. It's a relativity-based MIDI controller that I believe he debuted professionally with Vernon Reed's mask in the mid-'90s. Yeah. And since then, a lot of us New York musicians have scooped him up um, to make these crazy sounds but anyway eventide has issued a euro rack version of that called the misha that is i believe just out on the market now and that's worth I, googling yeah misha m-i-s-h-a it, yeah. it really is, is such a remarkable thing i mean leon invented this instrument and it's um it is truly unlike any other instrument not just in its sounds but in how it's played, mm-hmm. and it's it's a new thing. I mean, it's kind of the first new instrument like yeah. that in a long time. And he will be playing it on Thursday night with Thursday. me. <laughs> now, so you could look up, uh, if you Google Eventide, E-V-E-N-T-I-D-E, mm-hmm. and Misha, M-I-S-H-A, yeah. it'll come up. I have a feeling I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, or I don't know if I hope I'm wrong, but... It might have sold out. I think it's sold out. Yeah, I think it's, or if if not completely, it's near it. But I think they're going to probably end up doing another I run because it wasn't on the market that long. And no, it, just, it came out like a couple of weeks. They just ago. blazed through them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really is really remarkable. It is truly if you're a keyboard player or if you're not. I think Leon invented it because he was so steeped in piano, mm-hmm. classically trained since yeah. he was a kid that yeah. it, he just. I think he needed to find a way to break out yeah, of yeah. the structure of it. And so, you know, I 
I'm not a musician, but I think a lot of musicians go through a period of feeling that way. Yeah. This could be an opportunity for you to find a new way to to sing. Yeah. And yeah, he's so going to be playing it Thursday. Google Leon Gruenbaum, Sam Chilean, Eventide Misha, and come direct all your questions to the man himself on yes. Thursday night. <laughs> and get a free CD. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right. It's Deep Focus. And we are focusing on Pat Martino. Should we go back to Keystone Corner? Why not, right? San Francisco, March 2nd, 1977. Pat Martino on guitar. Delmar Brown keyboards. Mark Leonard on the bass. Kenwood Denard on the drums. And this is Sombrero Sam on W. Got to get this going again. This CD player is falling asleep on me. Crazy, man. Crazy. Well, here we go, here we go. I think you might hear him talk a little bit. Maybe not. Electric bass is Mark Leonard. There he is. On drums is Woody Denard.
WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR.org.
Delmar Brown having a little fun there at the end. You're listening to WKCR, FM New York, WKCR HD1, WKCR.org. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. And what we do when we do one of these Deep Focus shows, we have a guest come into the studio, and that guest chooses a topic of our concern and what's another word for focus like um uh, attention and um the challenge to your humble narrator is to find live unreleased recordings of that artist in the wkcr archives and it's happening right now here in the studio with me tonight none other than guitarist sonic architect Ben Tyree. Hello. Hey. And who are we, is our attention turned towards tonight? The guitar, jazz guitar legend Pat Martino. Yeah, he's he has gone onto legend status since we were here together. This is our, if you weren't listening earlier, this is our first time back in the studio mm-hmm. since March 2020. And uh, Pat Martino was still with us at that time. And he did pass away last year. And um, we didn't really get to remember him on the air the way we would have liked to but we were already talking about doing this show mm-hmm. even then yeah and we're listening to this live recording that you have never heard i'm gonna bet unless you were one of those handful of people with that smattering of applause at the end of that crazy killer show uh, not the end of the show there's still more of the show at the end of that song um but uh, it's in keystone corner in san francisco very popular club march 77 and that's I'm going to guess probably, oh, maybe Dexter Gordon was playing there that previous week, and maybe Rasan Roland Kirk the week after, or who knows. Um, it was a very popular club where artists would do multi-night stands, and uh, it was definitely one of the places on the map for any serious music listener at that time in San Francisco. And... Um, Ben, what, uh, well, let me first ask you. So we've heard we're, we're five tunes into this set and pretty big range of material that they're, they're working with here. Yeah, yeah. What about, what do you think of, let's talk about kind of the shape of this set mm. and the, the compositions that uh, I think using. it's really kind of indicative of that period in jazz where where things were kind of expanding and assuming the character of all other styles of American music you know um, so you know on this sheet it says this is his fusion phase which could you know be accurate there's some like funky stuff there's some swinging stuff there's a ballad um, you know the I think the ballad was that Wayne Shorter tune Paul, yeah right? yeah a little stepped on by some noise in that recording maybe coming from the keyboard unfortunately i assume that wasn't a creative choice but uh a little faux pas in the recording but clearly enough great music to keep us going through yeah so he's he's playing with like i guess at the time there were younger guys than him right yeah Um, and that's how he came up he was always the youngest guy on the bandstand you know when he was like basically a kid he was playing in these big bands and these organ trios and stuff and so you know now he, this is him approaching, you know, being, you know, the band leader and hiring younger guys. Yeah. But, you know, and it keeps it fresh. That's my, this, you know, that's part of the tradition. Like Miles Davis did that. He brought in younger musicians and, 
you know, they would all bring in the uh, sort of uh, gear of the times, as you can hear Definitely. evidenced yeah. <laughs> on yeah. this recording with the synthesizer. Now, I was saying earlier, I'd never heard any Pat Martino stuff with the use of synthesizer. It's a deep ever. focus from August 8th, 2022. Ben Tyree, my guest on the topic of Pat Martino. And this is part one of three parts, and we're posting it, yes, exactly a week after it was recorded. Going to try to stick with that going forward. Let's see how we do with that. And since you like this show so much, you're going to want to listen to us live. If you're in New York, you can find us at 89.9 FM, Monday nights at 6 p.m. If you're elsewhere in the world, you can find us at WKCR.org. And you can always find us at the podcast hosting site. We are Mitch Goldman dot podbean.com and you could probably find deep focus on your favorite podcasting app just look for us i think there's more than one deep focus if you can imagine we are small media large so that's who's bringing this to you that's me you just heard part one there are three parts of this one there's hundreds of episodes there at that site you can reach out to us we would love to see you subscribe to deep focus and you can even email us. We are deepfocusnow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. We are deepfocuspodcast, deep underscore focus underscore podcast on uh, Instagram. All right. I'm going to see you over there. See you at part two.